0: Welcome to the Hadassah Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Mariner. The Hadassah Collective is a unique wellness-centered community created in and inspired by India, the birthplace of holistic health disciplines. The Hadassah Collective Podcast brings together a carefully curated selection of my most trusted and inspiring innovators from every area of the health and wellness space. I invite my guests to freely share their gifts, their wisdom, their journeys, and their diverse points of view discussing a vast range of topics, including shutdown and self-isolation strategies, integrated diet and fitness, yogic science, modern mental health, and holistic lifestyle, all to inspire you with relatable tools to help you consciously customize, support, and expand your life. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Shivani Bikhail, who is the founder of Dream Life Lounge and recent author of Awaken to Self Love. In today's episode, we discuss how she found her passion and defied societal norms to pursue this passion and share her message with the world. She's a very bright, sparkly human being, and I think that you're going to really enjoy the insights from this message. Hi Shivani, welcome to the Hadassah Collective. It's so wonderful to have you here um, Shivani is joining us. She is the founder of the Dream Life Lounge and I'm so excited to have you here and have this conversation today.
1: Thank you so much Claire for having me. It's such a pleasure to actually do this with you. I have lately been so passionate about going loud about this message and I'm super excited for a conversation. Yeah,
0: amazing, amazing. So let's start off by like tell us a little bit about what you do mm-hmm. and who you are and where you are and where you've been based throughout this whole corona time and what that's been looking like for you? Hmm.
1: So for me, honestly, uh, to be very honest, it does not look very different. Uh, The lockdown, the corona times, I think I have been mostly working from home the past two years from coffee shops. So I do miss my coffee shops for sure. But more than like, I would think for me, uh, this has been a great time to go within great time to kind of like actually do the work yeah like never before honestly yeah so I'm not even complaining I mean for me it yes it's a very testing time for the humanity right now but I think it's also really awakening us to what is really within and I'm sure we'll go more in depth about it. Yeah. But yeah, I am a spiritual and mindset coach. And I am all about teaching people how to harness that power within so that they can make big changes on the outside. So yeah, in one line, I help make people changes in the in, on the insides so that they can go and make those changes on the outside.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So beautiful. So beautiful. And um, so how did you get started on this path? How did you become this um, mindset advisor? Hmm.
1: So I would say like up until like two and a half years or so, I was a freelancing digital into digital marketing. So I was a content writer and social media manager. I was doing it for other brands uh, as well as digital marketing. So At that point, 2018, I think 2018, up until 2018, I did not know there's something called coaching which exists and especially so in India. I had no idea. And I mean, I remember clearly saying maybe one day I will get into this. And by one day, I meant like 10 years later, (laughs) because this doesn't happen in India. And the thing is, I don't know if it was happening in in India or not, of course it was, but I wasn't seeing it in my reality. Mm. I wasn't seeing it people around me, uh, people in their 20s, my friends or anybody from my family really getting to work with a coach, a spiritual coach or a mindset coach or uh, a life coach, even for that matter, honestly. Uh, It was just something which did not exist in my reality. So for me, it was more like a personal... Call to just share my message I just remember back in 2018 I just knew I have a message to share because I was going through my own personal awakening my own spiritual awakening and I was like this is a message there is a message I know I mean I've always been about writing I, I associate myself primarily as a writer I've worked like the last seven years as a writer So for me, it was like, of course, I know I am somebody who has a message. And so that's where I started actually having, starting an Instagram page where I actually started sharing my intuitive messages and doing tarot low key because I was so shy and embarrassed (laughs) at that time. But I was still kind of like, for me, it was like a, it was like an urgent call I had to answer. Yeah. Uh, like, it was, it was really, really urgent. Like, I could just feel it if I don't do this right now. Uh, like, I would just say, like, I was falling sick. Uh, I was just getting all kind of signs, like, I am not aligned. If I continue on the path that I am, I need to shift things in my life. And because things in my, on my inside had already shifted in the last, like, I've been meditating since 2016, I think, uh, like, regularly I have known about spiritual awakening but as I say spiritual awakening spiritual life is not just about having just one hour in the morning (laughs) honestly yeah it's so much more you have to shift your life I'm not saying everybody goes out there and becomes a spiritual or mindset coach but there are certain actions, certain changes and shifts in your external life and your purpose calls you really, really loudly when you align to that energy within. And I think that's what happened with me in 2018 when I started that
0: Instagram page. Wow. Wow, that's so amazing. And um, and so brave of you as well to like step forward and just to so um, vulnerably put yourself out there, especially that you... You know, you don't have any of this around you. And so it really was a big step for you. But I think it's really interesting. And I think we'll maybe touch on it a little bit later later about how you were having such clear signs like in your body that it's like this is your path and you need to share this message and everything else just felt really out of alignment. So we'll definitely touch on that a little bit later. I want to come back to that. But let's also talk about the contrast. Like let's talk about your early life. What did that look like? Where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? And um, tell us a little bit about what that time in your life looked like. And did it play into your... Hmm. Did it play into this journey? Was health and wellness and spirituality a part of that at all? Hmm, so... I would say I've pretty
1: much all my life been in New Delhi. Uh, uh, I shifted to New Delhi when I was in class five, so that's almost like me spending my entire life here. I would say more like South Delhi, because mm-hmm. so my school was right here, my college was right here, uh, my offices have been like in this thirty-kilometer radius. Yeah. So my life has not been as adventurous or explorative on the outside so much. Uh, So it's been a very pretty normal upbringing I would say. Of course I've been very ambitious and it's not like I had very traditional parents. My parents always wanted me to probably go out, study, go out and probably stay alone. So it's not like I had this traditional upbringing which barred me from doing all of this this was kind of like what even I wanted to do at some point but I would just I strongly feel this is my great point as well because I really feel that uh, if I wasn't really here in this environment I wouldn't have had the stability to kind of build my spiritual energy and to actually go within Mm. Uh, yeah Yeah, I I feel a lot of times uh, I was definitely one of those because, you know, we all watch movies and we all get influenced by it. Like if you have to find yourself, you have to go and travel. And so for me, I have been like so, 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 so like negatively attached myself to the concept of traveling because I believe that if I don't do this, then I'm not enough. Or if I don't do this, that I am not really finding myself. But let's be honest, you find yourself when you are. Like there with yourself, <laughs> it doesn't have to do so much for the outside, but the inside, yeah. and I believe like the more I pushed to go outside, my life pushed me to go inside uh and I did try I really really I really tried hard to go outside to probably look for a job or to actually i I even applied to uk universities at one point to get my master's in journalism. But, yeah, my life always pushed me somewhere to just to this place, Mm -hmm. uh, which I said it was necessary for me to build on the spiritual knowledge, wisdom and this energy that I can now share with other people. Uh, Not to say obviously. So, yes, my life has had those aspects of it is definitely a contrast to what I'm living right now. Even on the outside, somebody would be like, oh, you were here 10 years ago and you're still living here in 10, 10 years later. But I would say it has really radically shifted a lot in terms of what I do for work, in terms of people I am with, in terms of who I am, most importantly. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, I, I graduated in business economics. I decided to do business. Uh, writing because I finally realized in my last year that oh, I'm not this traditional, you know, I, this traditional educational part is not for me. I knew it. I mean, even initially, but I tried to fit in. Uh, and that's when I kind of like took a break, uh, kind of explored a lot of internships, did a lot of freelancing to, you know, build and understand and find my path to writing, journalism if this is for me or not and this is not something I think a lot of people in India do this yeah. uh, but I'm grateful yeah but I'm grateful that I got this opportunity to kind of like do this and really find my own path through that and as I said I applied to masters in journalism I was selected for a really amazing universities but at that point I just realized because I think I've always been kind of—I'm a Pisces son. I have always been very attracted to personal growth, self-development. No. So I was still doing all of that any which way. And at that point, I just realized, honestly, just a week ago, that it was a mindset shift where I realized I don't need to have a master's degree necessarily in journalism to actually start writing, to start doing what I really love to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Also. Just plugging it in here, I didn't even know there's a difference between journalism and writing. I mean, at that point, I knew, okay, if if I like writing, journalism is my only way. If I now think of it, political journalism is not even something I'm, like, I'm made for. Lifestyle journalism doesn't have much scope of studying so much in India, which (laughs) is why I was applying to universities. But I did freelance, actually. uh, Actually, I interned at this very big... uh, It's. A lifestyle channel in India, Mm -hmm. and that's where uh, I I just like looked at all these people, and they were like, "We never had a lifestyle journalism degree, (laughs) honestly." So all these beautiful anchors, I used to watch them on TV, and when I actually spoke to them, the producers and all that, they were like. Great that you're going ahead for this masters, but you know none of us really had any of that, and that's what sort of kind of like ticked me because society kind of like you know shapes in this way that you've got to have this thing, you're not you got to have X if you want to do something you love. If you want to do something, anything in life, you got to have a degree. Yeah, and I think that's which where I totally I think first for the first time ever I released myself from that pattern and that conditioning. Uh, and that's when I started applying for jobs. And I, again, like to be very honest, it's expensive to go out and stay by yourself and spend a lot of money and time and then do something which you're not even sure of at that point. Yeah. So I was like, let me just work. Let me just test it out. And if I really like, I will go with my own money. Uh, of course, that's when I started working. I got a job in digital media. And at that time, digital media was so new. This was like 2013, 14. 14 15. That time it was still new comparatively in India, yeah. Uh, yeah. The whole BuzzFeed culture was still coming in, so it was a dream job, honestly, to be like writing lifestyle articles and being actually paid for it. Yeah, it was like wow, you you can be paid for what you love to do. That was my first breakthrough moment, honestly. Yeah,
0: this is so uh, interesting because I think that there's two, there's a couple of things that I want to touch on with you, and in terms of breaking barriers for people who are listening and I love this actually because you are right a lot of people are like um yeah you have to go and travel and you have to go and experience different things to really find yourself you know that is something that culturally societally we we hold that as a truth right and um, you have to get out of your family and you have to you know go and find yourself whereas I think that that's a really interesting concept that you're sort of breaking because what is somebody's medicine is somebody else's poison, right? And so for you, you stay like for some people, staying at home and staying within that family unit can be very suffocating and they can't really explore themselves fully. They don't have that freedom they have to be who maybe their family expects them to be or the people that they grew up with expect them to be. And so when they go out and they... You know, go and live somewhere else on their own, then they have that freedom to go and explore who they are. But really, you know, I want to open that up for anyone that's listening that feels like, oh, well, I'm stuck at home and so I can't find myself because it was actually such a gift to you because you had that structure, that stability. And that ability to be able to go into yourself and not lose your not for fear of losing yourself, right? Because you had that structure around you. So that actually was such a blessing yeah. for you in in what you were doing now. So I think that that's really I- cool yeah and it's only now that I can honestly
1: see it as a blessing honestly mm. I won't pretend that it has I've always seen it like that I've always seen it like that because somewhere I have kind of also really struggled really resisted of course. just like any other millennial who feels like their parents are their enemies yeah, <laughs> yeah. you who know, just get you and they just want to like confine you mm. and uh Of course, I'm not saying that it's wrong to feel any of those emotions, because I have felt all of them too. And I won't even deny, sometimes I still, you know, you bring all those things back again into your life. But at the end of the day, now that I can discern, you know, when you're putting blame on someone else, it's something that you need to go within. And secondly... I think your parents are your biggest teachers, they are your biggest karmic teachers, they're your biggest soulmates. mates, mm-hmm. uh, if not today, tomorrow, <laughs> you will have to learn those lessons, <laughs> I think I was fortunate, like, I, I mean, I just feel like I've learned a lot of more karmic lessons from my parents than probably people learn in a series of strings of relationships.
0: Of course. For
1: me, it's been because I've spent so much time with my parents, honestly, because mm-hmm. I've spent so much time being around this place. I have learned a lot. And of course, I won't say like, oh, I've had this, like, of course, it's been a good good place to be in. But of course, I've had my own struggles. And I think one of the places which I want to just touch upon is something which I know a lot of because I see my friends, I see everybody I've grown up with, uh, that we have somewhere kind of like come to a place where we feel that if we are in a specific place, we shouldn't have these emotions of sadness or depression. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I see most of the people around us, uh, we feel we are privileged. We have privileged if we have food on yeah. our table. And it's something to be grateful for, but I don't think it's a privilege. And I feel it's time that we debunk this myth that only somebody who's on street is struggling that only somebody who's on street who's, who who wants food on their table is someone who needs help or who needs a mentor or who needs a guide yeah. i mean yeah that's like most of the people who are going through depression are people who actually sit in acs all the time let's be honest yeah
0: yeah absolutely yeah. I, I and think, then, yeah that's a really and then the
1: society is like and the society is like you have no right to be depressed and that's the thing, because life is not just about having food on your table or having this safety. Yes, I have this structure and I'm so grateful, which is why I said, you know, the Maslow's theory, how it goes. Once your needs and security and safety is satisfied, then only can you go to the higher level and go deep deep to go and explore yourself or your spirituality. Mm. I think I got that place in my life to do that. And But at the same time, I mean, I've lived with this guilt for so long and I'm privileged, I'm privileged, I'm privileged. But I just like, then one day I just looked around and I said, honestly, all my friends, everyone around me, they, most of the people do have this opportunity. It's not like they don't have this opportunity. It's just that we have been trained in a way to feel that it has to be a struggle. That I don't have... Like, of course, there are some people who don't absolutely have the means. Maybe that's not their path to discover more about themselves, their spirituality. But for most of the people right now in this time, at least I would say, there is a bigger calling. There is a reason why most of us are living in guilt of our blessings. I mean, I'll be honest. I used to feel so guilty that my dad has has a big car. And I was like, oh, my God, what have I done to get this? And that is also something, I mean, I just, I know this might sound like, oh, this is a third world. This is, you know, like the first world problems. <laughs> I, I know that's how it sounds in India, but majority of people are experiencing that. We have the external security, but we want more because we want to prove ourselves, but at the same time, we're not able to kind of like go deep within because we are just like artificially seeking that outside if that makes sense
0: yeah and it's almost not um authentic gratitude either it's more gratitude that comes from a space of comparison actually it's not a true sense of satisfaction and gratitude for for the privileges that you have been afforded in your life and i think that's an interesting concept as well that you had around guilt is that And guilt for feeling sad or for feeling shame or, you know, um, because I I totally understand that because we have somehow sort of created this idea that, um, you know, well, there are other people that are worse off than me, so I don't really have the right to feel these things and um, i think it's super unhealthy and i've used this analogy before that we don't actually treat our um, emotional wounds in the same way that we treat our physical wounds in the sense that if you were shot it doesn't actually matter if you're sitting on the side of the road or if you're sitting in a penthouse you still need to go and get that wound tended to take out the bullets and let it heal um, otherwise, you're not going to be functioning and moving and walking at, in, in, um, at your highest capacity, you know. And with yes. emotional yes. wounds, we, it's exactly the same. It doesn't matter what you have. Obviously, the um, environmental stresses are different um, for, for, for many different people. And there's always going to be people that have more privilege than you, and there's always going to be people that have less privilege than you. If you look for it, right. Um, but with emotional Definitely. wounds, we kind of, you know, we use that sliding scale of comparison, whereas they're just wounds as well. And they need to be tended to in the same way that our physical wounds wounds need to be tended to. Um, so I think that's really yeah. interesting that you highlighted that and you brought that up as well. Yeah. Also,
1: I think it's important to know that as I just talked about the whole mass loss theory concept, and I think anything for that matter works in the same way, uh, there are people who need to survive, whose probably sole contract of this life is to survive. Right? Mm. There are people who are meant to innovate. There are people who are meant to spiritually awaken and do the inner work. There are people who are meant to awaken the masses. And we all have different spiritual uh, contracts, soul contracts, and none is better than the other. It's just that it's different. And for that, we need to have different environments. I'm just saying that I wouldn't have been doing the work that I'm doing if my environment was not what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly.
1: And I'm not saying... and and, Because uh, you would be worried
0: about surviving. You wouldn't be able to tune into that space because you would be concerned about providing for your family. Yes. Yeah, okay, interesting. Exactly. Mm. Yes,
1: yes, yes. And... uh, at the same time let's be honest for somebody who is like who needs to read like Let's, okay, I'll just give an example of like one of the reasons why probably my parents' generation were not able to go so deeply spiritually mm-hmm. or to do the work that I'm doing. I really feel it's like my entire family has always my and because I've healed my ancestral lineage and I can just like so closely observe and understand now mm-hmm. probably everybody in my ancestral tribe tran- always was attracted to this work but never had the capacity, means and tools to do this work, yeah. and so in a way, I now when I look back, I can just see how they probably built up for me. I I, I don't know if you have that. There's an oracle deck called the Oracle of the Light by Rebecca Campbell. Mm-hmm. It has a card called Anna, the grandmother of Jesus, and it's and she, and and, and uh, the card is about how she laid foundations of this spiritual development how she how she did a lot of work but nobody knows about her but she she actually created Mm. a structure which was ready so that when Jesus comes he can do the work that he needed to do he was Uh, told to do kind (laughs) of inspired from that (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, I, I just feel like if you actually everybody can actually have that capacity to kind of like look look within and look at their ancestral line they will see how yes you have you know how your parents say I used to walk barefoot to my school I think I've listened to enough self development programs I used to think it's just an Indian story I think worldwide all parents tell the same story yeah yes They had more of physical struggle because maybe their sole contract was to build more of a physical security. Like my dad's work was different than my grandfather's work. My grandfather's work was different from his grandfather's work, right? And we're all building upon each other and providing each other the structure that we need to. And probably my kids tomorrow will build on a new structure and they might be like 100 times more privileged than I ever was. But they would be building something
0: new for the world which is needed at that point of time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Oh, and it's so interesting yeah. that you mention your parents because I was going to I was going to ask you because I'm sure there are so many people listening that are like, My parents would go mad if I was gonna do my journalism masters and then I decided to become a spiritual mindset coach. You know, so how how did that unfold and how <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my parents have been used to
1: this. Let me be honest. I come from a family of engineers. And I I am like the eldest in my entire family. So nobody has ever done anything apart from engineering. None of my cousins. None of my relatives. And so, uh, yes, when I said I don't want to do science, that was the first time I had this disruption. Yeah. (laughs) Then when when I chose business economics, I mean I just like kid around this like my father was always like okay if you don't do engineering okay he convinced himself okay fine she's gonna do economics and he was like oh economics and then I was like I'm not gonna do this I'm gonna do writing and then like okay journalism writing wow (laughs) and then I was like okay I'm going into digital marketing (laughs) (laughs) And I know this was fine, sounds so flaky on the outside, but to be very honest, I think all these different experiences taught me everything that I needed to make the spiritual business that I have today. I think the last four years being in digital, the last six years being in digital marketing industry has kind of like got me a hang of, for me, writing is not a struggle. For me, creating content or graphics is not a struggle. I don't have a team. I do it everything by myself. Because I have been working with Canva since the last seven years. Yeah. (laughs) Because I used to... (laughs) Because I was like, I don't like your designs to go with my blog. So I'm going to make my own designs. And I learned Canva through that. And I've been working through it. And I loved it. And I think that has supported me. It's been your process. what I'm really doing. So none of it is a wastage of time. I believe you have been put in a place because of your spiritual lessons and because of to gather tools and pieces probably which you need in your purpose i would say in your higher purpose
0: yeah yeah that's such a great lesson and i do think that it's really powerful when you look back as well um because i also actually studied journalism And um, I really wanted to work in magazines like that was my that was what I really wanted to do. And then I ended up on a completely different path. And it's really funny when you look back like and now I'm interviewing people. So, my mom actually pointed this out to me. She thought it was really funny. She said, You know, and when you look back at things, and nothing is actually wasted, it's all little breadcrumbs leading yeah. you to where you're meant to be. And um, I think yes. that that's, that's a really beautiful thing to take time to do sometimes and look back um, at how far you've come and how, how synchronicities add up to um, where you are and where you're going. So, that's exciting. Yeah.
1: I also grew up watching all these interviews, honestly, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go into journalism because this idea of talking to people, interviewing people, or being interviewed, both of it, sounded just so good. And, yeah, even now I have my podcast and I get to do this, and I'm like, okay, I low-key have my own show. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think things, I mean, you know, if I just look at it, it's just like... We didn't even know something like podcast or this technology would exist 10 years ago. Mm. And we had a dream at that time. I mean, just to think of it in retrospect, just sounds so beautiful that somehow technology and everything, all circumstances somehow developed in the last 10 years when we were developing other skills. Yeah. To just, just like imagine 10 years ago, who would have thought you could just casually launch your own podcast?
0: Yeah. I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. The magic. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think that technology has really opened up and allowed, like at the perfect time, and has sort of allowed people to step into their giftings and share their giftings and um, their messages in a very unique way. And I don't think it's any coincidence that it is at the time we are at in humanity right now, that those messages are coming through and are more accessible than they ever have been before. So I think that it's it's, um, it's really powerful and a really powerful time for people to really step into that. So, yeah, so that's very cool.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have awakened, I think, without technology being this way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because it's made it very accessible to people. I mean, I think it's even interesting during this kind of lockdown COVID time, is, like, I've been so tuned into, like, meditations in L.A. or in Australia and, you know, different teachings and things like that um, that usually maybe wouldn't even be on my radar. I mean, especially in the first month of quarantine, there was, like, I mean, overdrive Instagram lives, you know? And it was, like, some of my favorite teachers that I would usually never have access to unless I physically went... Um, you know, I went to one of their workshops or seminars or something like that, and all of a sudden we had them at our fingertips. And so I thought that, that was that's really cool as well. So um, I think that's really great.
1: Yeah, because honestly, when I started spiritually awakening, it's interesting that I actually did not awaken through an Indian spiritual teacher. I know nothing about. Uh, people in india doing this work up until i would say last year uh as i said no one in my family has been into st- so much into astrology numerology or tarot or was a woo woo concept honestly mm. none of it honestly was like in my reality at all uh i don't know how yeah it was through a facebook group it was because i started looking up for things on youtube uh, yeah I started with binge watching tarot readings and then discovering more and then that's how I started discovering more concepts and more things and about spiritual awakening and then through a Facebook group and then we're like oh there are people in India having these same experiences wow. and uh, that's how I connected to people in India and that's when I kind of like, like, okay, this is not just, because there was a time I was like, what if this is just a very westernized concept of the whole spiritual awakening Aquarian age? Because I don't see anybody in India. Like, As I said, my reality was like, all my friends, they've done MBA, they were doing MBA at that time, they were in their jobs. Yeah. So this is this is this was completely alien, like alien concept. I mean, at that time I was still going to office. I was still having that life on the outside. I was, it was like a part-time. I was living two lives yeah. at once. Like when I would be home. I would be meditating, I would be interacting with these people who were talking about aliens and ET contacts and uh, oracle cards and crystals and all of this woo-woo stuff. And when I would be outside, even the fact that I'm doing tarot was like something which would be so funny, apparently. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, that's how it, 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 it looked like in 2018, I would say, just like, yeah. 2018,
0: yeah, twenty nineteen. It, it's interesting, actually, because I think sometimes we don't accept the things that are from our own home, you know, or like our home country. We kind of just see that as very traditional, and you know, put aside. Whereas yeah. in the West, especially, you know, I we were all looking to India and we were tapping into these like ancient. Indian practices, you know, and uh, that was one of the things that I was really shocked about when I moved to India, because it was one of the big draw cards for me, because I was very into Ashtanga yoga and Ayurveda at that time, and I was just like, wow, I'm going to be in the home of, like, (laughs) yoga, you know, and I had this very naive, I laugh about it now, (laughs) but this concept that, you know, everybody in India must have grown up doing yoga like this is you know like in Australia everybody grew up playing cricket I mean it's the same in India as well but like you know what I mean I was like oh they must like yoga must be their thing like everybody in Australia plays Aussie rules football like as a kid or something like that and I'm like maybe everybody does yoga and when I came to Bombay no one no one did you know yoga. so it's interesting uh, sometimes you need something that is that is outside of yourself, that is different from yourself, to, to see a different perspective. And then it kind of, it I, for me, it very much comes full circle because I love like yoga and Ayurveda, but I come from like a very Christian background. And so then it comes full circle for me incorporating that aspect of spirituality as well and understanding that from a different perspective. So it's so funny that you kind of did the other way around. So. Yeah, it for me it's been like it
1: started from
0: the West,
1: I would say, and then I'm like, Oh, there are people in India and that's I think I would say in the last especially this year I think somehow I've really gone deeper to I was in this phase. I would wanna say I think most of the people in India right now, most of the millennials in India right now are in this phase of, you know, Religion and God has become very political in India. Mm. So most of the people don't want to be associated. So they would rather be called an atheist or, to say, universe or intuition or higher self. I and mean, that was me. I'll, I'll be honest. That was me three four years back, yeah. where I would say, "Oh, your higher self or God or universe." And all then I'm like, "What's the problem in saying God?" Yeah, of course. The Christian aspect is different, but in India, God is Krishna, God is Ganesh, God is all of these uh, entities we have grown up with. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing, because we've grown up with these, it's become more like, you know, something you just don't really even think about. Like, you go to temples because you've just always gone to a temple. You just, like, do things, you celebrate things of course I always believed in God of course I always prayed but the concept has radically shifted for me in the past two years like uh yes I think uh I really needed to kind of like see it from that other perspective and to see it from I mean I had to understand it yeah and I think the things go wrong when because in India it's just been like oh it's a tradition so you follow it that's something which I think millennials don't like So the thing I think, which I'm very passionate about, is to start decoding these things for people, for people around me. That every like now when I look back, I'm like everything makes hundred percent sense. Be it Ayurveda, be it the worshipping sun moon, be it worshipping all the goddesses. I mean, I took an Akashic oracle reading from an American who advised me to listen to Lakshmi Mantra, uh, (laughs) and I was like, I would have never done this. And I remember I told a friend and I was like, don't, don't, don't just make fun of me. But yeah, I was listening to it. And I was, I, cause I was like, oh, you're going to judge that I'm listening to it? like, that's how things look like. I would say that's normally in India for millennials. Yeah. There is a lot of judgment and there is a lot of, oh, I'm into it, but I'm not into it. Mm. And that's how, I mean, now that I go deeper, I just feel that's how we are losing our culture. That's how we are. Yeah. The Americans don't shy away from singing bhajans and kirtans on beaches or doing this. Like, I think in the West, this is the super new cool, right? This is the new cool thing to do, to do yoga, to be into Ayurveda, to be into crystals, to be into all of these things. In India, it's, I mean, yoga is still becoming, I think, a very more in thing now. But all of these other things, uh, I think it's still very much like Oh, like I don't want to be a part of. I
0: think it's gonna. I think it is coming around full circle with people like yourself. Actually, like you say, I love that phrase: decoding these things and bringing a more um, approachable, modern twist to the to the traditions. And I, you know, I think that there is a balance between that between commercialization and also making things relatable, because you don't want to lose too much of too much of the essence of the practices by trying to commercialize and dumb things down. But I think that it's amazing that people like you are rising up and and other people i have had on the podcast as well that are sort of blending these ancient traditions with like modern principles. And I think that that's really cool. And it's it's meeting a a generation that that's never met before. And um, I also think it's an interesting concept as well. That um, this concept of God, whatever that looks like for for you or as an individual, is the so, what society has built around that. Like I have very similar feelings um, in regards to Christianity. Like you know, I love Jesus' teachings. I think that you know, there's so much wisdom to be learned through that. There's so much peace that to be learned through those teachings and things like that. And um, having an understanding and a personal revelation of God, Um, but what we have built around that, the religion that we have built around that, has actually been very, very destructive to people and isolating and alienating to people. So it's interesting that you describe that in a very similar way in terms of like the Hindu traditions as well, about how it's been yeah. so politicized and it puts people off. It puts a distance between people and the divine. And I think this age that we're moving into now is that are is we're moving out of that age of the guru, of the teacher, of the follower. Not that not that there aren't teachers and not that they're not valuable and should be revered, but It really is about self-connection and self-responsibility and your own cultivation of your relationship with the divine. And um, I think that that's so beautiful. I think it's a very interesting question one needs to ask. What does God
1: look like to you? Mm -hmm. What is the definition of God? And know that just because you were born in a certain place, you don't have to have that definition. Like how... Like, uh, for me, it's it's really like it will always keep on expanding. It's not something which is meant to be limited. It's not something which yeah. is meant to be restricted. This is how it looks like. It can look like, in, and it will keep on changing. I think that's the beauty of it. It will keep on changing and shifting and evolving as you shift and evolve.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's move into... Talking about some practices. I mean, I think that that practice that you just mentioned right there inadvertently is really beautiful. And that would actually be my prayer to anybody that is that is listening to this podcast is just take some time and just ask God to reveal be revealed in your life, you know, ask yourself. And so I think that that's a really powerful practice actually to do, to go beyond all of these stereotypes and these ideas that we have placed on, um, on God and um, just see how, how the divine is revealed in your own life. But for you personally, any, um, have you had any rock bottom moments or dark nights of the soul that you faced along the way and any, particular modalities that you've in practices that you've used to to navigate those definitely I think 2018 as I said yeah. I would not have been kind of like
1: I mean of course why would I really go on to become a tarot reader after all of this interesting right <laughs> Even though, of course, I've always knew that I, I mean, my idea was always like, I've had this blog, honestly, for like years. Uh, And I knew that I would be end up doing something of my own for sure one day. And I think I got distracted on the way, on the path, but it was all for good. But at the same time, yes, it was definitely my dark night of the soul, which I think happens in phases a lot of times. Uh, I termed those phases anxiety and depression earlier when I didn't know enough. Uh, when I knew better, I would say dark night of the soul, I was awakening.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, so that's what like 2018 for me was. It was 2018, 2016. I think both these years were a lot about going within and really uh meet my own self and really take the action uh, yeah, the, so first is you save yourself. You understand, okay, this is what's happening. You First of all, you're like, okay. And then you heal yourself and that's when you later go on to heal others, right? Yeah. So for me, it was like, yes, as I said, uh, somewhere uh, when you're not aligned, everything in your life starts showing up in that same way as well, right? Mm-hmm. So anxiety, uh, all symptoms of depression or even uh, having migraines and uh, I was really falling sick a lot. All of these things, yeah. they are clear signs if somebody's experiencing it, you're not aligned to the path things need to shift. Something needs to shift big time. And uh, if you talk about modality, I think, yes, what really, really, really saved me in those times was actually connecting to God in a way in which I hadn't ever before. As I said, I've always grown up praying, going to temples occasionally with my parents, celebrating all the festivals. But it was only, I think, 2018 when I actually sat down, actually listened to a Krishna chant or actually chanted for the first time or actually had these meditations where I actually saw visions and where things started making sense to me what was happening on the outside Uh, so yes it was meditation definitely it was chanting and later EFT came I think for me which was really helpful really life-changing yeah And I realized uh, EFT is not just a healing modality, honestly, because, you know, I would say most of my troubles were not so much external as much as they were internal. And it's a big thing. Like, I I don't know why we just undermine the internal struggles, Uh, because I was really, really, really struggling at that time because things... I was no more happy doing what I was doing. I didn't know what's next.
0: Uh, And then you were putting guilt on top of that. And then you were putting, you were already feeling like that. And then you're putting guilt on top of that saying, oh, I don't have the right to feel like that. You know, it's awful. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, what's your problem, Shivani? (laughs) Why are you feeling this way? Everything is super perfect. And that was the time when I, like, let go of my kind of, like, my closest friends, uh, People, I never thought I would have to let go of right because I just no more aligned. Uh, of course, at that point, when you are in the dark, you you just you you just have this tendency to push people away. Uh, and I, and I like I, I think I needed it at that time to go within, really to really really go within, because if I would have like really clinged on to those experiences, those people, and those things, I would have. I, and I was trying to fit in, honestly, for a very long time. You try to fit in, fit in, fit in, fit in, fit in, and then there comes a day where you're like, "I can't do this, and I don't
0: want to do this anymore." Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, and my, well, yes. Some people my actually are never different. get yes. to that day. Some people actually never get to that day. You know, they just continue <laughs> to try to fit in, try to fit in. So it's actually, yeah, it was. It's amazing that you did come to that realization that you were, you know, that that, that, that was happening. And so when you say go within. Um, what did that look like in the beginning? Like, what were you doing? How did you start off? Like, what was your initial meditation practice? What were your initial sort of chanting practices? How did that look like when you were a complete beginner and you were just sort of finding your way? Hmm.
1: So as I said, I, I've always experienced migraines, honestly. Uh, but uh, in that year, it really became very... Uh, very very frequent and very painful and you know migraine is something which people are like oh so what everybody experiences it Uh, but who those experience it no it's like really unbearable for me it and I would say again for some people it can it can just come in different shape and form for me it was this physical pain which was really really like you know they say unless you experience that kind of pain you don't really ask for help And of course, migraine happens because you're extremely stressed and you're extremely worried and you're extremely not grounded, not feeling safe, not feeling stable. So all of these things would lead to that experience and then the migraine I mean for me it was just like these rapid awakenings which happened with each migraine experience in the beginning yeah. uh, where it would be just so painful and after that I would like just listen to mantras on repeat just listen to chants on repeat just have my crystals and my essential oils there yeah and that was the time and you know, I mean you can't go to go and scroll Instagram when you're having a migraine you can't really I can't you can't do anything you just have to be in a room yeah and just be with yourself and that is I think the point of surrender for me that was a point of surrender for me yeah. where yeah. you know your thought will fight with you your thoughts will really fight with you for a very long time but when you're in physical pain honestly it drops yeah it drops you don't think at that point and for me, that was how it was. Uh, yes, yeah, so I think it started with that. I mean, I just remember those was th- that was the time of really going within, And then I started understanding, of course, things started revealing. Every experience was like when I meditated. When you spend that much time with yourself, of course answers come to you. Of course, new guidance comes to you. For yeah. me, journaling, of course, as I said, I've always been into writing. Journaling has been my place to be. Things make so much sense when you put them on paper, honestly. And so for me journaling and I remember like I used to do this gratitude walks in my balcony and I would just say I'm um, things I'm grateful for even though I, I mean initially you're like oh I have nothing to be grateful for at this time yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah really doing gratitude walks really doing uh, just journaling and chanting and being with myself self-nurturing I would say you know Self nurturing is which takes you within, knowing that you uh, care for yourself enough to take care of yourself, Yeah, if that makes sense. And you love yourself enough to really do things for yourself, even if it means uh, something as small as uh, taking the time to just be at home, to skip a party to not really give in to the external validations. Like, I was, what, 25? When you're 25, your life looks like what? Like, you are hanging out with your office people, you're going to parties, you're dating people, you are uh, with your friends. And I could have had that. I'm not saying that it was taken away from me. I think something in me stepped back because i knew it's not going the right way i know i knew i was escaping things
0: yeah and yeah like
1: made me go with it
0: yeah amazing amazing and let's talk a little bit about self-love because congratulations you've just released your first book on self-love, you've become oh, yes. a, a bit of a self-love expert, actually, and I think that's, that's really interesting, and um, because it's a, it's a phrase that's really thrown around quite a lot, you know, oh, you have to love yourself, and it can be quite abstract, so tell us what you think that self-love means to you. Yes,
1: I think I would have never ever thought that I would write a book on self love for sure because it was so cliche. Yeah. And I'm an Aquarius moon. I hate being cliche. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, but I think it's this understanding that self love is not what commercials put you know force upon us. It's not you know. The hair care, it's not its not this, if you straighten your hair today, you love yourself. If you take a bubble bath with this XYZ soap, you are an epitome of self-love. That's what commercials have been trying to sell us for so, so, so long. And I wouldn't say I've been in, you know, of course I'm a woman and somebody in her 20s. I have spent most of my life struggling with my skin color, struggling with my body, struggling with my uh hair like hair has been my number one struggle area like my mom used to be like the day you start earning ever since I was like probably in my high school the day you start earning you're gonna spend all your money on hair care products and yes I agree there was a point I had a straightener I had a blow dryer I had a serum I had this uh hair defense whatever stuff like I had like 10 product 10 hair products because I was just and then I realized, honestly, uh, in the last few years, the hair was never the problem. It was the problem of how I was, I was seeing it. When that shifted, my relationship with myself shifted. And my hair also started shifting and behaving the way it was. Like, you know, it's just like, it's a stubborn relationship. You're going to push it, it's going to push harder. You're going to push it, it's going to push harder. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, how you try to lose weight and then people who struggle with losing weight are so frustrated because they're like, I'm trying and I'm hitting the gym every time and it's still not happening. So it always happens like that. The harder you push, the harder it pushes back. Mm. And, uh, and, uh, yes, for me, I mean, I remember, uh, yes, I I have literally been always like straightening my hair, straightening my hair, straightening my hair. Uh, I started this doing like, I started doing this like what? In in school? Yes. And since then, I did not stop up until 2018. <laughs> Straightening and blow drying. And of course, I know doing your hair is such a normal thing. And I'm not shaming anybody who does that. All I'm saying is, for me, it became a source of validation it became a source to prove that I'm good enough yeah and that's what you start doing with every single thing I'm just giving you an example of my hair yeah I started doing this extremely forceful trying to prove myself act in every area of my life be it with my relationships be it with my friendships oh if I have a lot of friends I'm good enough oh if I'm going to you know have more pictures on instagram i'm good enough if i have more people in my life i'm good enough if i'm doing um, a job or credential which is very you know fancy i'm good enough if i'm earning xyz money i'm good enough and you keep on chasing 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 to prove yourself you're good enough and that never happens let's be honest
0: yeah absolutely it's, it's, a, chasing. it's a bottomless pit of chasing yeah. so so for you, yeah. your perspective on self-love is really a, a perspective of radical self-acceptance. Is that correct? And, and doing things, which actually doing
1: things, uh, really making bold decisions, really taking actions which support your well-being. What I said, uh, there were actions, like I realized last year, I have to take care of my physical health and i joined yoga not because i wanted to lose weight not because it was fancy or it was cool but because i really wanted to be healthy so that i can just feel good because yeah. i was just frustrated by falling sick every two months yeah and yeah because i think a something... lot of
0: a lot of times the concept of self love is a little is very much confused with self care like your bubble baths, you know, I sit and watch Netflix and Jade roll in my face. You know, that's not self-love. That's just self, that's self-care, you know. Um, yes. Self-love self is, is less about an exter- external thing that you're doing and and more about an eternal honoring of yourself I think like this internal honoring of who you really are and I think that that's sort of a very beautiful perspective on self-love but I think that people struggle sometimes and I hope you can sort of answer this or speak to this a little bit is that people get scared when they think about self-acceptance because they think well I want to lose weight but if I accept myself at this weight, does that mean that I'm always going to be this weight? You know? Do you know what I mean? I, I hear a lot of I hear a lot of that, and it's hard for people to get their head around that. Whereas I personally feel that until you um, accept something and integrate something, then you can't you can never heal it. You know? Um, if you're yeah. hating, if you're hating something, you can't heal it. Um, so. You know, can you speak to that, that concept a little bit if people are a little confused yeah. with that kind of self-acceptance? So, so
1: I think I teach manifestation also. Okay, So I'll just explain it from the manifestation point of view as well. Though this is something which I think if anybody is struggling, this is something most of the teachers don't want to tell you because they really want you to accept you for who you are. But okay, let's just like talk about it. Uh, you want to manifest, say, losing X amount of weight. And you're focusing on, I want to lose weight, I want to lose weight, I will lose weight, which comes from this vibration that I'm not good enough. It's just from this vibration that I don't, I'm not already healthy, I'm not already good enough, uh, which means I am, you're not accepting yourself. So you don't, attract, you don't attract anything from a place of lack. Yeah. You create where your focus goes, right? So if your focus is going to the lack of it, you're never going to really build on it. And if you really wanna lose weight, I think that's what happens. A lot of times people spend so much of amount so much so much so much of effort in uh you know, doing three wo- I I was honestly so shocked when I joined yoga and I saw people they have their gym memberships, they have their yoga memberships, they have their diets going on and I was like, Okay <laughs> this is I mean because I've never done that, honestly. And they go to Pilates and go to 10,000 10, things. And there's nothing wrong with that. The thing is, it is a very desperate energy and not for the outsiders, for your own self. You're telling, it's like every time you do these things,
0: it's giving. Uh, so it, it's interesting yeah, I, I, because um, it, it's, not, it's never about the external thing it's not about the Pilates, it's not about the yoga, it's not about the gym, and it's not about the diet. Those things are all like neutral things. They're just external, physical things in the physical realm. They're neutral, really. But it's about the energy that you bring to them. Like If you're, bringing, if you're going to Pilates because you love it and it makes you feel so good... Or if you're going to Pilates like 10 times a week because you're terrified that you're going to put on weight, that's a completely different energy that you're bringing to the same practice. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's what I was trying
1: to kind of like really put into the picture that the energy is that of neediness. It's that of desperation. It's that of that. I don't have it already. And yes, it might feel like very scientific. It might feel like, oh, why are we putting it so we're breaking it down into like that. But that's how energy works. It is a very logical, scientific thing. And at the same time, understanding that where there is hatred, how can you allow more love to step in? What will you actually, even if you, I mean, I, I, even if you lose that weight, let's be honest, even if you lose that weight, even if you become that perfect figure which you, which you feel your ideal self should look like, do you really think you'd be 100% happy? You know, it's going to be your hair the next thing. It's going to be that pimple on your face the next thing. It's going to be, oh, let me get a nose job or let me just uh, get whatever things done, Right it's the thing is the problem is not the weight the problem is not the hair the problem is none of the stuff on the outside not even your relationship not even your career so much as much as the problem is inside and so i'm my idea behind doing this ebook it might sound like a very feminine radical way of loving yourself and of course i do have self care uh Self-care, well, yeah, I do have a self-care PDF as, as a bonus PDF because I do think self-care is important. Somebody for, somebody who is like me, who I, I, I tend to avoid self-care sometimes because I'm just in a rush sometimes because I'm just somebody, I'm a manifesting generator and I'm like, just, just build, 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 build. And that can kind of work me out and, and I need my self-care practices to bring me back. But self-love is not just limited to self-care care self-care and this is like going back to 2018 when I said that the decisions I took that year I think they were hard decisions but I took them anyway because I think there was this feeling of like I really do want a better life for myself I really do want to love myself and show this love to myself deeply and so not just 2018 going forward, 2019, every second, every moment. I think every decision you take, every every action you take reflects how you see yourself. It reflects what you feel about yourself, it reflects what are you giving yourself. Because we have the masculine and the feminine energy within you the way you treat yourself is that's why sometimes a lot of times. All the times a reflection of uh, the way, sorry the way other people treat you is a reflection of how you treat yourself, right? So if that's how if you don't love yourself enough, yes, you will manifest situations on the outside where people also somewhere show you the same vibration. If you're struggling a lot in your relationships, it's a very good idea to look your relation with uh, to look at your relationship with yourself. What is your relationship with yourself like? Uh, Are you chasing... Are are you really like running away from your own love? Are you really running away from giving yourself the love that you need? That's going to manifest on the outside. Uh, That did for me as well. I mean, honestly, for me, my relationships have been the biggest teachers for me to understand about self-love. So it was only when I could go into this understanding of unconditional love that I could understand that it all starts from within. I cannot really love anybody on the outside. I cannot ask for anybody's love on the, uh, on the outside until and unless I give that love to myself. So, honestly, your weight, your hair, your issues are just the tip of the iceberg.
0: Yeah, yeah It's I've... not even the problem. Like they're, Honestly, they're actually, if you go deeper... They're actually a good indicator, though, of what Needs to be looked at. they symptoms. You know, they're the kind yes. of trigger, they're the kind of indicator that it's like, this is, uh, there's something up here. When you're obsessing about something, <laughs> that is, yes. it's a time. It's a, it's
1: a good idea to look within. Yes, if you're obsessing about something, if you're really like, uh, for me, I think, yes, uh, I remember I, it was a very hard decision to make, honestly, I left all my hair tools and all the stuff completely ditched them in 2018 January I remember because I went to Salon and, and uh, the hairdresser was like he was the first hairdresser cuz all the hairdressers have been like you need to get smoothing done you need to get xyz done you need to get this done this and I have been a kind of like an aquarian moon I'm this yes I hate my hair I will have some temporary fixes but I won't do anything about it I don't want to be someone else than who I am. So I had this th- I was very stubborn to this concept. I'm not saying straightening your hair makes doesn't like change you or something like that. But all I'm saying is for me hair was a topic. Hair was for me something I was obsessed about. Something I deeply cared about who defi- which defines me. And so it was a very difficult (laughs) thing to do, to really one day just get up and ditch every single thing. And at that time I was going to office, not like I was staying at home so that, you know, you just stay however you want to stay. I was going to office and it was really tough because i never, ever gone out without really straightening my hair. And uh, it might feel like, you know, a very bluff thing to people, but I think then stepping out without makeup, all of these little, little things, they add up to bigger things, honestly. Uh, and I would say when I started making those little subtle shifts on the outside, things inside me started shifting. When things inside me started shifting, a lot of bigger stuff started shifting on the outside. So yes, it's a beautiful cycle when you start loving yourself. I mean, I, I would say at the core, you do love yourself. That's why you want it to experience good things. It's just that we have forgotten to prioritize that, to look at it, to come back to it again and again. And so self-love is a lot about forgiving, acceptance, letting go of the judgments. And yes, I mean, I really, really believe, as I said, I do teach manifestation, but you can't really actually get into this energy of manifesting great things for
0: yourself if, if you don't love yourself enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that actually leads into one of the questions that, um, she must be, she must follow you actually, she's one of the people I put on my Instagram story, um, if anybody had any questions for you, and um, someone asked me, if, um, how do, you must teach on the law of attraction, I think, and, um, or do some teachings on law of attraction, and so she said, how does self-love tie into the law of attraction, how does it work with the law of attraction? Mm.
1: Yes, it works because as we said, uh, you want to manifest that ideal weight. You want to manifest anything on the outside. Let's just put anything, not just your body, not just yourself, anything. That career, that money, that relationship, whatever. If you don't love yourself enough, you will use those things on the outside as a way to prove your worth or to prove who you are again and again, again and again, desperately. Again, desperation comes into the picture. When desperation walks into the picture, what law of attraction says, the biggest, the most difficult thing is surrendering. How can you surrender when you're so deeply attached, you have so deeply attached something to your worth? If I don't get this relationship, if I don't get this money, if I don't get this thing, i am
0: like things are going to be like i you just attach yourself with i'm not good enough so in terms of that are to that thing in terms of that question she so the law of attraction really self-love in relation to the law of attraction is realizing that you are enough and loving that without the things that you're trying to manifest and is that, is yes, what you're saying? exactly. Which is
1: why. So if somebody who has a very high self-worth, who has a very high self-esteem will manifest things much quicker, much more easily than somebody who does not. And this is something which I really want to uh, kind of like be loud about it because... I've just seen, I have, whenever, whenever I talk about how to manifest XYZ, everybody's really perked up. They want to listen. Oh, how do I do it? When I talk about self-acceptance, self-love, authentic living, people are like, yeah, blah. <laughs> and, I mean, that's just how, because the society has conditioned us. Let's be honest. And maybe that's what now, teachers like you and me, we are here to change that conditioning. Because you will not, like, again you're coming back to the same old thing. Manifestation, I know a lot of... man. I, mean, I have been deeply observing the spiritual industry, the wellness industry for the past two years. As I said, I started doing this not because it was cool. I didn't even know something like this is doable. Uh, I started doing it because it was just like a natural way of like how it just opened up for me. But what I've been really observing is like, we are again kind of like trapping people into this whole thing manifest this amount of money manifest this thing manifest that thing manifest that thing and yes it's a good start but the but it can really potentially very disastrously trap people mm. because you just go get desperate about manifesting that thing and if you do not if you've not done enough self work if you've not done inner work which most of the people haven't when they're attracted to these things in the first place initially yeah. Most of the people who are attracted to spirituality, at least I would say right now, 65 to 70% are, their starting is law of attraction. Their starting point is manifestation. Mm -hmm. That's how they go. Yeah, and it's interesting
0: because I kind of, I mean, just on a personal level, I kind of shy away from it a bit because I'm just like, oh, I can't, I find it can be very very cheesy you know they're like oh manifest this car and manifest that and I'm just like oh god you know it just sounds very like I've always been more interested in the other side of it is like you know which does go hand in hand by the way I think in terms of like that is a very much a focus on the physical a focusing on what you want in the physical realm and then trying to align your inner world to manifest that in the physical realm. And I think that's really interesting. But I also, when I when I hear about these things, they pop up on Instagram or on YouTube or whatever, because I'm really interested in spirituality. I'm just like, oh God, not another video about manifesting yeah. something, you know? But I think what's yeah. really interesting about it is, like, because personally, I've noticed in my own life anyway, that when I'm aligned in myself and when I'm really am um, in my authentic, space and projecting that into the world that's when things happen for me and automatically you know so when I'm very much aligned yes. in my inner world then my outer world kind of lines so that's always my focus yeah. is my, my inner world more yeah. but um yeah I think that it is inter- it is an interesting topic because so many people are obsessed with manifestation you know, and uh... that's primarily why I don't
1: like to say I'm a manifestation coach. I feel manifestation is such a natural outcome. It's so obvious mm. when you are, when I say mindset and spirituality, I mean your mind and your heart, your mind, body, soul. When three of it combines, they come together in harmony. Of course, there are go, as I said, inner shifts lead to outer shifts. It's not something you have a choice. Yeah. It's not something you choose to do. It's something which just happens. And that's where I kind of like, yes, as I said, even I get kind of like low-key upset about the fact that how, uh, especially I think in the West, a lot of manifestation teachers have been promoting spirituality, have been promoting uh, sometimes materialism through this. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm like, we are going back to square one. We are going back to square one again. I understand the guilt we have about money. I have been, as I said, for me, I have felt a lot of guilt and shame around money, around having my own money. Because my, I wouldn't say I did not have my abundant blocks, I've had, we all have our blocks, we all have our blocks coming from the place, but then it's all attached to the inner work, my blocks. And that's something which people don't talk about. You have to take that spiritual inner pathway, the inner work to do if you want to manifest something on the outside. Yeah. Let's be honest, like we are no saints here. We all come to spirituality to seek something. Something or the other in the life has not worked out, and that's why we want to come here as a solution. And there's no shame about it. But there has to be a point after which you start. Uh, you let go of that desire so tightly that you've held on to, and allowed the deeper meaning and the deeper purpose of it to come into existence. I mean, to be fully honest, yeah. As I said, I started my my uh, I started my spiritual journey uh, by binge watching tarot readings because I was really looking for an answer. Till date, that manifestation has not come to light, mm-hmm. but. Oh, okay. my God, my life has so much just else been 360 degrees. So much has happened because that desire led me to travel to this beautiful, amazing, life-changing path. Yeah. And if I'm still hung on to that thing, then, I, then I'm being deeply ungrateful.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, of course,
1: for me, as I say, for me, that desire has been my teacher to bring me back to faith, to teach me everything that I know today, I, 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 I kind of like learned it through that desire. And all of us will have that desire to teach us. Desire is not bad. Longing is not bad. But it's like it will shift from time to time. And I'm just doing a course right now, a spiritual course. Mm-hmm. And uh, he exactly says the same thing that, you know, all these saints have kind of like told us desires are bad desires are bad desires are bad but desire is life desire is what makes you feel alive and when you are alive that's when you desire something now desire but the only difference is that desire does not cut you off like oh I'll do the work only if I get this yeah the work is so much more deeper because I think even spiritual texts knew we wouldn't do all of this inner healing work if we really didn't
0: seek anything. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think it's interesting as well that you touched on this, because in terms of the law of attraction, a lot of teachings around the law of attraction are really focused on this, you know, think positive, think positive, all the stay in this positive vortex or whatever it is, um, all, you know, all the time. And, you know, obviously, a positive mindset towards something is better than a negative mindset, but I think it is unrealistic. And I'd love to hear your opinion on this. It's unrealistic to have this perpetual state of positivity. And it becomes almost like I have friends that are very into this, and they drive me mad sometimes, because it's almost a denial of reality, you know, and um, also almost a denial of our humanity, because I personally believe that we are, you know, spiritual beings having a human experience, and we're here to experience all aspects of humanity. And that includes the negative things that we have labeled negative emotions. And it's really how we navigate through that. And so I think that, that you're cutting off an aspect of yourself by saying, oh, I'm going to ignore that, and I'm only going to think positive. You know, I think it's almost detrimental, it's also almost a little harmful, and I think as well that some of those negative things or things that we feel, that they don't feel as good to us, you know, are actually signposts to areas that we need to heal and that we need to address, and then what comes from that healing is a natural state of an elevated positivity you know what I mean? It comes from a genuine yes. place. So, can you speak to that a little bit as well? Because I think there's a lot of out of context teaching in regard to the law of attraction mm. in that in that space. I think you already answered it so well, <laughs> but uh, to just like uh, put it into
1: perspective, then yes, I mean, I think. Uh, See, in some ways, I won't even deny the idea behind being positive because let's be very honest, somewhere, our society, our movies, everything around us has glorified darkness a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: Crying on the bathroom floor is very, very, very dramatic and something which we, it's so painful, but we almost desire it so much. I mean, I'm just speaking out of experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I grew up reading these books, I grew up watching these movies, and i and I've done all of that, and once you you know it' always happens, you go, you do all of that, and they're like, and once you've released released all of that, then' like, okay, I'm chill, yeah, it wasn't even that bad most of the times, and so in some in some retrospect, I wouldn't even say that's bad to say to. Kind of like darkness has been glorified. Darkness has been made very romantic. Darkness has been made as something which we unknowingly, unconsciously have been somehow seeking and chasing and manifesting in our lives.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, We have manifested a lot of darkness in our lives because, because it's, it's like, you know, especially creative people, especially a writer. I, at least I, I believe, like, I need to have this sad, super tragic love story to to be a creator, to be an artist.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> and for it to Andrea. be true love as well. If it doesn't hurt, then is it really love? Like, that's a, that's quite a common programming, actually, you know. Yeah, but
1: then, having gone through that, it hurts, and then you realize it's not really worth it. What's not worth it? That, I mean... I asked for it. I got it. And then when you get it, then you realize there's nothing freaking romantic about it. Yeah. If you're still romanticizing it, you're still in the bubble phase. You still haven't really felt that darkness 100%. <laughs> like, fine, go on. <laughs> you keep on manifesting more of it until you really reach the dog body. And it's like, there's nothing... Nothing romantic about this darkness. And that's what I think as a collective and as a humanity, we need to understand and then we need to then, once we understand that, I think we kind of come to this place where, again, self-love comes into the picture. When you really love yourself enough, there would be a point where you take responsibility, where you would get up from your bed, where you will take a shower or where you will... Do something different where you will make a tea for yourself, where you will go for a walk. One little, these little actions make a whole world of difference.
0: Yeah,
1: it's not about having a high vibration all the time, it is about your desire to live a better life, your desire to have more pleasant experiences. To put it into simple words, yeah, uh, it is like, and I can still say, as I say, uh, that. For me, it's super comfortable to be in that place of, I'm sad, I'm sad, I'm sad. Oh, it's so bad, it's so bad, it's so bad. But now that I know better, I'm like, I know it doesn't help me long. So do that for an hour, do that for two hours. Do it for as long as you want to do it. But then there has to be this place where you can uplift yourself. Where you can like, I'm done with this. It's, you know, these days, I'm like, it's boring. Yeah. (laughs) there was a time I would I could be I could stay in that bubble for like a month celebrate it for like a month full on for months I would say now I'm like oh Um, like you know after after I've cried after done, done that releasing after I have really meditated now I know how to do things for myself felt it The thing is, even if you have healing modalities, you have to feel the emotions. It passes through you. Once it passes, the suffering is as long as you deny the emotions. The moment you let it pass through you, it's passed. It has passed. And once it passes, there is no more, it's no more fun to listen to sad song. After while it gets kind of boring. And then you're like, okay, let's do something different. And that's how you move in life. Otherwise, it's very easy to get stuck there. Which is why uh, I think somewhere they say you're not able to manifest things that you manifest because you're not moving. Your energy is stagnant. So it doesn't mean that you go and escape that thing, but it means that you go and probably do something to shake that energy off. Probably do a yoga, probably dance. Just do something or just let it pass through. For me, I'm a Pisces, I cry so easily, so maybe it's easier for me, but I still, I still have the capacity to run and escape and suppress a thing for a week, so I'm busy, I'm too busy to deal with this shit, I'm too busy, but then there comes a point where I'm like, okay, let's just sit with this, and let's just like get over with this.
0: Yeah, but that's some great, that's some great advice as well on how to let that, um, that emotion pass through you rather than denying that emotion Um, to really feel it for for as long as you need to. And then remove it from your body. Like I loved how you said, move your body, go and dance, go and do yoga, go, go and exercise because that does really process that.
1: Make yourself a tea, just like smell some pepper, peppermint essential oil or just like, just do something, take a shower those little self-care, subtle shifts, these acts make a lot of difference. Just go into the nature, just touch the leaves. I've done all of this. That's why I talk about. It. I'm not. I've not read it somewhere because I was in a place where I knew going out and escaping is nowhere an option. So I'm not gonna like call up a friend and just rant about this thing and blame fifty people, like that toxic gossiping paradigm got over for me. It was closed. I knew that's not working and that's not healthy. And so I'm not going to do that
0: for sure. So what now? But that's so evolved though of you actually, you know, at that, especially at that age, you know, only a couple of years ago, like it's, you're still very young, you know, to be able to think like this, like, I mean, I'm probably like 10 years older than you. And, you know, I still have these moments where I'm like, no, you know, I have the awareness as well where I go, I'm not going to go and do that. But, you know, so I'm, I'm really um, amazed by how, you know, rapid your transformation and your ascension has been, actually. It's, it's, it's really amazing. I
1: really feel right now a lot of us are just experiencing rapid transformations and rapid ascensions like my sister is 21 I think I, I think the universe right now is just like not in a mood yeah <laughs>
0: to just it's like, like, like it in the and I don't have
1: 10 years to work with you just, now yeah <laughs> yeah let's just do it like so for me what I experienced in four or five years my sister experienced in like two years yeah yeah. And for her, it's been... And I'm like, you're just 22. When I was 22, I was so asleep and yeah. so numb. And, and
0: when we see it also, when we kind of look at it the other way as well, with our parents as well, it kind of, you know, in, the, in their sort of spiritual... My parents are very spiritual, but even compared to them, I'm more like... You know, it's more like rapid walk yeah. speed. And it really is. The yeah. time is now. The the urgency yeah. is now. And it's it's time for people to wake up. And it's happening. So, it's really exciting. Yeah, I see
1: so... Like, when I was two years ago, I started my Instagram page. I saw no one from India really doing this, talking about all of these things. And now, I really see these people in their, like, late teens or early 20s. Yeah. 21, 22 Really starting their own, talking about vibration, talking about shifting your shifting your reality and all of these things. and I'm like, "Wow, what just happened there?" <laughs> but I kind of like get it because as I said, I, I see it in my sister. She might not have a lot of outer experiences as I've had in the last five years, four years, but her transformation has been rapid and valid, I would say nonetheless. Like it is valid. Like a part of me would feel like, oh, you're still, you know, younger. (laughs) You don't know. But but of course, she's really wise. She is really wise. And she is really navigating her own path. Uh, Despite of not having so many exonics. It's just like, I think it's not like, it's like age is an illusion. Time is an illusion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It is. Absolutely. And also, I think that the times that we're in, in the, in the earth at the moment, Is um, it's just everything is ramping up and everything is speeding up, and it's necessary for people to be more awake and at a faster pace. I think. But let's talk about that. Um, Let's talk about who some major influences been in your life, either you know famous people in the spiritual space, or just people in your personal life. Who do you look up to? Who are your mentors? So I think it keeps on shifting and
1: evolving, Uh, I think as obviously as you evolve, and I think your spiritual teachers also have a lot of uh, soul contract with you as well, even if you've never met them, I really, really believe that. Uh, And for me, it's been like, I think Gabriel Bernstein played a very important role for a very huge chunk of my life, like the last one and a half year. Uh, especially when I was starting my own business. So for me, even though she's in her 40s, I could connect with everything because, again, I feel like things in the West and things in the East are a little different. Probably what she experienced 20 years ago is what I'm experiencing right now. Like, I, when I... And I had binge-watched her like crazy. Because, and I think for me, she was a very... uh, She was a breath of fresh air because whenever... uh, I saw people who were into spirituality, they were either completely detached from the reality, from this real tangible uh, materialistic world. Yeah. Or they were really like, you know, into it, into this whole commercialized way. And And I think she was somewhere like, I I really like the way she speaks. And she's had this casual conversational style. And of course, she started her journey when she was probably 25. So for me, maybe it was even that fact of relatability, which was really, like, spot on for me. Yeah. So I think especially for me to start a business, and I had no such role model in India around me at that time, that this is how it can look like in the next few years, maybe. So for me, it was hugely inspirational. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, for me, I think Mary Forleo, even though she's not spiritual, but I think the whole business aspect of it kind of, like, really motivated me. Yeah. Uh, going, yes, so going into spiritual, I think I started doing tarot, watching Amber Khan. She's a tarot reader. And even though I don't connect with her anymore so much now, and last, I think, yeah, in this year, I haven't really been, I don't watch her anymore. I don't really connect with her anymore. In my initial years, I really did connect with her a lot. And I think that's how I started doing tarot reading.
0: But I think that's and, how it goes, uh, isn't it? You have, like, one something that piques your interest and then suddenly a whole world opens up to you and then you start to find your way out yes. with other people as yes. well. And, yes, yes. Yeah. But we all yes, love Gabby definitely. Bernstein. Yes. She's amazing. I just read her... I'm sorry, I just listened to her new audio book called You Are the Guru on Audible. It's, it's really good, actually. So I recommend anybody you know, wanting to dive into some Gabby Bernstein, um, that's a really good place to, to go, actually. So, yeah, enjoy. Yeah,
1: yeah, so I, I so when I say, like, Gabby Bernstein, like, so, and I think that's the one good way to go about it, uh, which I've also learned. So earlier, I would get really attached to my teachers in the way, like, whatever they say, it's 100% right, and there's no X or Y with it. So when they would say, which would, when they would say something which doesn't resonate with me, I would still stick on to it. Until I would really feel like, oh, it's not resonating. And now I've come to this point where, of course, nobody's your duplicate. Nobody's supposed to be your 100% duplicate copy. Uh, people are there to inspire us and take what resonates and leave what doesn't resonate. And that's so simple, but I know it's not so easy because when you really, really like a person, <laughs> you really want to, oh, let's just like connect 100%. And I think it's okay because uh, what I have also learned is like, I'm someone who loves reading, who loves watching, who loves learning. And for me, the greatest lesson is to be, but I'm also very intuitive. I I also have a wisdom of my own. And that's where I think we all need to kind of like start discerning that a lot of times we will have things which we know, which we understand, which probably nobody around us is talking. And so for me, like in the past one, ever since I've started my business, I've had a lot of these business coaches that I have been following. And I connected to them for a while. Then, you know, something starts feeling off. And then I realized just because they are apparently at the top doesn't mean that that's the only way to do things. Yeah. That was right for them, maybe. But maybe I'm here to bring something new. And if it doesn't feel aligned, it's okay. And the moment I said that, I attracted another teacher who did align with me. Uh, another business coach was more into spirituality. Shh. Like, lately she feels more connected and so I think you should give yourself this freedom I mean I I don't know if it's it could be different for other people
0: Um, Uh, I think I think I think it's actually a really powerful thing to say and I think it's a really important thing to say especially in these times I sort of touched on it a little earlier in the podcast that we're moving out of this space of follow my leader you know, we're, it's it's not the time yeah. anymore to be looking to one person to show you the way and to follow the path. It's really, a, and that's what actually this podcast is all about, is bringing people with different opinions and different modalities and different points of view and reference and being able to intuitively curate your own practices and your own life and, and what resonates with you. And so I, I'm really like love to hear you say that actually, that you kind of can, you know, get glean pieces from lots of different people. I think that that's really the way forward. That's the Yeah,
1: I mean, I used to think, oh, I need to have this one T-shirt. But I'm just like letting go of that thought process because I feel like, uh, I think it kind of like binds you. Like, for example, Sadhguru was someone, obviously he is a big name in India and I was not connecting to him so much, probably two or three years ago. And now I am. Uh, so I think there is a time for you, as I said, it's always a soul contract with your teacher as well, even if you've never met them. Uh, but if it's coming to me into my reality at this point, then most likely I have something to learn from him at this
0: time. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, also moving, I also love Sadhguru. Although sometimes I'm just like, please stop talking about cricket. I want you to talk about like something deep and <laughs> profound. And he's like uh, rambling on about cricket. But, you know, I do also love Sadhguru. I think I found it, find him really, really interesting as well. And um, so let's Ooh. talk about a little bit more about... And again, mm. yeah, I-, I was just saying that again, uh, even by listening
1: to him right now, there are places where I'm like, uh, I'm not sure that I connect 100% because so it's okay and I think even he says it I know what I know, I don't know what I don't know, Yeah. so take what rest and because, I mean let's just admit like everybody has have had a very different experience than you have, the age gap between me and him is tremendously wide The the place where he is in the time in which he has grown up the time in which I have grown up, they are very different and it's okay so the areas in which I don't resonate with him maybe I can resonate with someone else and probably there are areas in which I do resonate with him so I can just like be grateful to that and just receive that like you don't have to be so I think it's all about dissolving your ego (laughs) and not being so stubborn like oh this has to match 100% to a certain idea
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. And I think as well that you have your own intuition, you have your own discernment. And we all know when we hear someone say something, that we need to hear but we don't like it but we know that we need to hear it and we also have those other we also really know when we hear something that just doesn't resonate with us and there's a big difference in that feeling and I think we all have the intuitive capacity to be able to discern that so um, yeah so I think that that's that's really um, that's really a concept that we all can navigate through as well and um, so tell me a little bit more about your own offerings about um, the things that we can find in the Dream Life Lounge and um, and where we can go from there.
1: Yeah, so uh, my one-on-one offerings are all about exactly what I just talked about. It's about bringing your inner world to your external. Uh, My one-on-one has been categorized into three ways depending on the time frame, but I really feel it moves from the first concept of creating a miracle mindset, which is a six-week course, a six-week one-on-one offering, which is all about really getting your mind space in a a place where, of course, all of this might sound like it's very uh, manifestation-rooted, but if you've listened to this entire podcast, you'd know I am not a fan of escaping your inner work. Inner work is the foundation of everything that I do. Yeah. So uh yeah, the miracle mindset is all about creating that mindset which attracts what you want to attract, but of course that happens through healing the places because of because in your true essence you're already uh, you already have a mindset which just attracts what aligns to you. What does not allow you is because of these blocks that you have manifested, you've grown up with, you have around them truths you've absor- absorbed it from the society. My second offering, uh, my second one on one offering is about embodying the high vibrational you. As I said, Uh, if you want to manifest anything on the outside, you have to be that person who lives that outside. So self-acceptance, self-love, and all of that, the inner deep work. And all of this includes inner child healing, the ancestral work, all of that. So my offerings are not so K to, we're going to do inner child work, we're going to do ancestral healing, we're going to do this. It is because I feel like I have brought all these components uh, together into one frame yeah. and evolved it into a place which can kind of, like, help them. And, your
0: own and then expression my third
1: offering after. is, yeah... So the third offering is the six month offering, which is kind of like, which combines the elements of both of these, the high vibe embodiment and the miracle mindset. So you create a miracle mindset, you embody that highest version of you. And that's when you start taking actions in your outside life to create those shifts. Uh, As I said, spirituality is not just about an hour in the your day it is so much more and it will cause you to make some radical shifts in your life uh most of us do and i am i'm not someone who would deny your desires if you desire something that's amazing because that's mean you're alive uh you really want and desire something to go towards and so That's what's in the entire, my work is based on the inner work and the external work coming together to
0: manifest what you want to. Fantastic, fantastic. It sounds amazing. And um, so give our listeners one practice, one thing that they can do today that they can implement in their life um, to really begin to tap into their own inner world.
1: Hmm. So, I have so many, I would say. Like, I know, uh, I was going to say, I'm sure you have so many. <laughs> uh, like, I, as I said, EFT, I'm a big fan of EFT, so I do make a lot of EFT videos on my IGTV as well. Uh, but I think one thing that I could, depending on where you are on your spiritual journey, honestly, uh, if you've never done gratitude, start from that. Yeah. I cannot play enough emphasis on that I stop doing this practice and I come back to this practice I stop doing it for a while then I have to come back because this is the essence of it I mean it might feel like oh everybody talks about gratitude not a big deal but I really feel the gratitude is a very high vibrational practice and ritual because it's so easy and it's so simple that it almost feels complicated <laughs> so if you're somebody who's never journaled somebody who's never Who's, who's who's totally a newbie start with gratitude start by journaling gratitude start going for gratitude walks just see everything around you whatever comes to your mind appreciate appreciation for that and being really grateful for that and that will definitely actually if you do it for 21 days things are gonna shift around your life for sure yeah,
0: amazing. If you are
1: kind of like somewhere in a in, in a more advanced
0: level <laughs> I would say actually, I knew you would give us more than one practice. I knew it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I would really suggest like I think to kind of like start connecting to nature, start connecting to the elements of nature, the moon, the sun. Feel into the vibration. Feel into that, even your body. I feel a lot of times we disconnect from our body. We want to, you know, seek elements from the outside, entities from the outside. But our bodies are also a great navigation system. You have, your body can literally tell you uh, where is the pain stored. So if you feel like, if you just like close your eyes for a second and you really like, do you want to do this right now? Yeah. Yes, that's... <laughs> okay awesome so just like take two or three deep breaths so that you know because we are talking so we are stabilized <laughs> inhale exhale once more exhale yes now Have your eyes closed and just go quiet and go within and feel. Do you feel any sensation in your body right now? Anywhere where there's a little more tightness, where there's a little more pain maybe? Do you feel it somewhere?
0: Yeah, a little bit. I can feel it a little bit in my shoulders.
1: Hmm. So let's go deeper and let's just maybe say, see what's there. So what are you feeling burdened about? Is there something which is like weighing on your shoulder? Something which feels heavy? Something which feels pressurizing? Let the answers come to you. Let them just intuitively pop. Don't think. And once you have them pop up for you, once you have them, just ask yourself, does this serve me in any which way? Having this pain, having this tightness, it could be a physical pain, it could be something in your work, it could be something in your life, anything. Just ask yourself, does this serve me? Does this feel good? Let's just ask, does this feel good? Does this feel good?
0: Feels good to release it. Oh, Yeah. So just it bring it into better? that space and just release it.
1: Mm-hmm. And so like this, you can just go further and maybe just go deeper and see where else in your body you feel it. And for me, most of the times I do get an answer, which is like really loud and which is like, oh, this thing is really heavy oh, the pain is about this. And as you go deeper and deeper into it, you spend more time doing this. You can do it with yourself. You can do it with someone else. So many answers come up, honestly. I'm like, where is this even coming from?
0: Yeah. And it's so interesting because just that moment of stillness, it's like, I, you know, today I've had a really crazy day today. I sort of shared a little bit with you before we came on the podcast that I'm having like, I feel like I'm in a mercury retrograde and there isn't one. And I'm just having all of these electronic communication kind of things go a little wrong for me. And um, yeah, and what came up for me and just in that moment of stillness is that my shoulders, I often hold tension i know that when i hold tension in my shoulders that i'm carrying things that are not for me and it's so interesting because what came up for me was when you said how is this serving you which i don't always do actually is that it was like i feel productive when i'm trying to fix everything you know it's like i mm. even though i'm not fixing anything i feel productive because i'm trying Whereas, you know, just release yeah. that, let it go. Things happen, you know, like your WhatsApp doesn't work all the time or like just silly little things, you know, um, yeah. uh, that, um, that are outside and of your control and just let them go. It's okay. Let them drop. Mm. <laughs> and most of the time, I think this is what happens.
1: Uh, uh, there are these deeper patterns, as you said. You have a pattern of fixing things. So that you feel productive, but that doesn't really make you feel productive. That doesn't really solve the problem. But that just like adds on to the chaos. And so you can. I mean, honestly, we can just go on and fill it out totally. on this. <laughs> but basically, every moment, every second is an op- opportunity for you to break a pattern. It's an yeah. opportunity for you to 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 release something which literally has been governing your entire life. In a way which doesn't align with you, so I mean, if we would have done this for the next, like, say, 40 minutes or 60 minutes, I'm sure such a radical transformation would have happened. Uh, I mean, if yeah, I mean, even after this, I would really suggest you just like take half an hour and just go deeper and yeah, do this. Absolutely, so many things can come up and you can just like lovingly let them go because the thing is when we don't release they're still sitting in our bodies and when they're sitting in our bodies that means they are sitting in our soul in our energy in a mind in a heart space every freaking where and they are as I said a miracle mindset or the good vibration or the self-love it already exists it already exists but The other things, these these blocks, these patterns, they keep on interfering and resisting the miracle. And so the more you go within, the more you heal. This is literally what I've been doing for the past three years. (laughs) Uh, The more you do that, the more you kind of like just obviously and naturally become a magnet to miracles and a magnet to whatever you truly desire or the life that is in the
0: highest alignment of you. So, I, I yeah. also strongly so, believe in the connection as well of um, our physical um, physical disease and ailments manifesting in the body are really things that we've been holding on to that we needed to release. And um, so I definitely think that there's a, there's a connection there as well. And there's a lot of science that is now yes. proving this connection as well, which is interesting. But um, so... How can um, people find you? How can our listeners find you and find out more about your amazing courses?
1: Yes, so uh, you can find me at Dream Life Lounge on Instagram. I am very active on Instagram. So if anybody DMs me, I'm always... Uh, there to answer and you can find me on my website dreamlifelounge.com and I actually have a free course also so when you just sign up to my newsletter you get access to my free 5 day course which is all about getting alignment so I teach EFT journaling literally going through the process of manifestation but through these modalities and uh, yes that's how you connect with me I do blogs I do podcasts I'm I, I think I, I share a lot of stuff. Yeah. So if you're you really are a manifesting generator, like,
0: really are a true manifesting uh. generator.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, but I would say again, I think uh, I think I just did a live yesterday, honestly, on uh, creating, and I don't think I have created this way, uh, the way I'm doing right now, in my entire life. Uh, even though, you know, I said I've been writing ever since I graduated from college. And it's because I think I was not feeling this freedom in my mind-body space because I was not aligned to this energy. My heart was really closed. And um, it's, 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 it's always like an ongoing beautiful journey of healing and breaking these patterns and coming back to a higher alignment. And I think that's how businesses grow. That's how we grow. As we grow, our businesses expand and grow and shift as well. And so does our friendships and
0: our relationships. Everything. Yeah, everything shifts. It's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful, expansive process. And um, thank you so much for joining me, Shivani. You are such a magical, bright being. And I really love your... um, your concept and your approach to modern manifestation and self-love and it's really been a pleasure talking to you thank you so much and um, I look forward to talking with you again soon
1: same here I loved it so much it was such a beautiful beautiful conversation and I really do hope to have more of these thank you for inviting me
0: amazing you're most welcome I hope you enjoyed this episode and you got some things to take away from our amazing guests' insight. If you did enjoy this episode, please subscribe and also leave us a review. And for more information on the Hadassah Collective, you can visit our Instagram page at Hadassah Collective. I hope you'll join me again for our next episode at the same time next week. And until then, have a wonderful week.